coming. You know, I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. The man of the hour. And let me tell you something, Daddy. When you're the man, you make history every time you step foot in this ring. And that's the bottom line. Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 75 of the Top Sweet Wrestling Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, yes indeed, we're a little late this week, but we are here. Had a lot of things going on this week, but we're here. You can find me at linktr.ee slash Pod, as I say every week. That's where all my listings are. I'm on iTunes, YouTube, Periscope, the list goes on and on, on Twitter at too sweet pot and omg Corey b as well so we're about to hop right on into the scene we have best thing funniest thing back we have number one spot back this week we're back into the normal rotation not reviewing a pay-per-view or previewing a pay-per-view so we're about to hop right on into best thing funniest thing best thing this week was all of the wrestling uh, that we had this week it was like a wrestling buffet last saturday man you woke up real early and got new japan and there was aew as well fight for the fallen and there was extreme rules the very next day a lot of wrestling that was the best thing of the week if you enjoy wrestling if you're a wrestling fan you had everything at your fingertips it was a great weekend uh this past weekend a funniest thing of the week our truth the 24 7 title continues to put on funny things continues to put on funny moments drake maverick was enjoying uh, his hotel room stay with his wife right when he was about to enjoy it that was our truth to barge in with the 24 7 title win great segment funny segment and the our truth and jake maverick feud over the 24 7 title continues so we're gonna hop into number one spot uh this week looking at the number one things throughout wrestling we got number one spot we got number one show and number one botch of the week so we're gonna get into the number one spot a lot to choose from from this week in wrestling but the number one spot of the week baron corbin and becky lynch baron corbin hits the end of days and what was probably the moment of that horrid main event for extreme rules i didn't like the match but that was a nice spot got the crowd going loud number one show from this week I am going to have to go with G1 Climax. I think it was day two. I'm going with the the number one show of the shows that were on last weekend. You had G1 Climax, had AEW Fight for the Fallen. You had a lot of things going on, but I have to say that G1 Climax, I love that there was no complaints that I had out of that. I had complaints from those other shows. Moving on, the number one botch of the week. Shane McMahon, like what is going on, Shane? We're on SmackDown. KO sneaks up behind Shane. The crowd is going crazy. And Shane McMahon botches the, the stunner from Kevin Owens. And it's like, oh my goodness. It was supposed to be a good moment and Shane just botched it everywhere. So that is number one spot of the week. We, ladies and gentlemen, are going to hop into the stories from this week. Uh, we got quite a few 
So we're going to go into the keep it moving phase of the program here. Going to touch on some stories. We're going to get away from them. So we're going to hop right into Bray Wyatt, ladies and gentlemen. I thought that this was the biggest, most exciting thing that happened from the week. So I put it at the top of the show because I'm sitting down, man, and I'm looking at Raw just like everybody else. And it's Finn Balor and Samoa Joe facing off. And I'm like, oh, okay, let's see what happens. This should be a phenomenal match. And it ends in a roll-up in a couple of minutes. And I'm like, oh, man, really? And I was getting ready to pass the segment. And then Finn Balor's music just goes out. And what we got was something that was extremely well done by WWE. I don't get the chance to say that very often. I don't get the chance to give them a hand clap very often, but I will because that was so well done, man. The visuals, uh, the sounds behind the debut was well done. Uh, as soon as you can see a sliver of Bray Wyatt, the crowd just exploded. I have gone back and watched this thing. That's how much intrigued I was by it. And everyone on Twitter, unanimous 100% roar, excitement. And when you do things in wrestling right, you're going to get a phenomenal reaction. And that's what WWE got. I originally said that, you know, Finn Balor is the wrong opponent for me because you don't want to have Bray Wyatt facing off against a face because people are going to want to cheer him. But I've seen the report that Finn Balor is going to be taking two months off. So when I seen that, I was like, okay, now I understand why they had him go after Finn Balor and I don't have a problem with it whatsoever. It would have been 100% thumbs up. It would have been A++, like I put on Twitter, had they had him go after Brock Lesnar. That would have been glorious. Now, with that being said, that would have required them to go all the way with Bray Wyatt. And that brings me to my next issue. Look, this is the thing. This is it with Bray Wyatt. I don't know how many times I've said this before, but I've said it a bunch of times bunch of times excuse me look wwe strike while the iron is hot the people love bray wyatt okay obviously more likely than not he's gonna go into this match with finn balor and pick up the victory from there you gotta push the guy to the moon man there's no reason in waiting on it there's no reason in having him come in beat finn balor and take an early loss to somebody you know kind of knock him down a peg and then try to build him up because if you do that you might be too late and they have been far too late far too many times with bray wyatt and this is a time to where look you cannot afford to get it wrong with Bray Wyatt uh, this time around. They have to strike while the iron is hot. What we have so far is a bang-up job that I really, really enjoyed. Well done, WWE. The Fiend is here. They, they call him The Fiend. I absolutely love it. Like, I know that wasn't a term that WWE came up with. That had to be Bray Wyatt. The Fiend is here. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. So, moving on to something I don't love. I've got the good stuff out of the way. Brock Lesnar, man. He is your universal champion. Not mine, but your universal champion once again. And I got to say that, man, it really sucked the air out of the building. At least for me, that Extreme Rules ended that way. What was a pretty good, enjoyable pay-per-view got hampered by the big title matches. 
I, Kofi and Samoa Joe wasn't a good match whatsoever. That just befuddled me too because I expected great out of those guys and it just did not happen. Ended on a whimper. Samoa Joe lost again, but to Brock Lesnar, man, we had that horrible main event that I talked about earlier. The Brock Lesnar comes down and it's like, okay, is it happening? Is it happening? It is happening. And Brock Lesnar wins and it's like, oh my goodness, not again. Brock Lesnar is your champion. There was, for whatever reason, there was argument going back and forth on Twitter about Brock Lesnar winning, whether it's good or not. And I'm just sitting here like, wasn't we all on the same page some months ago about seeing this the, the universal title come off of this guy so we can see it every week? Like, what happened to that? That's just my opinion on the thing. But as we move on to Monday night, we had this half-hazard battle royal where there were some names where you thought, okay, it's Seth Rollins, it's Roman Reigns in there, Orton's in there. But there were some interesting names in there. You had a Big E in there. You had a Cesaro in there. And you're thinking, okay, if one of these names wins, that would make for an interesting matchup. What if Big E won? What if a Cesaro won? What if one of those interesting names won that was in the Battle Royal? And then ultimately Seth Rollins wins. And here we stand. Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. And I'm just sitting there like, did we not just go through this at WrestleMania? The build was horrific for WrestleMania. I don't know if anybody remembers that all that well. I certainly do. I remember it watching it very well and how uninterested I was in the Seth Rollins Brock Lesnar matchup because of how lackluster the build was with Paul Heyman versus Seth Rollins. I will say this, at least we got fiery Seth Rollins back, no pun intended. Uh, that guy's back, that's the guy that got over really well, not this doiky baby face that was tagging along with Becky Lynch. Like, I didn't enjoy that whatsoever. At least we got that guy back. But overall, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar, I'm not interested in it at SummerSlam whatsoever, man. Like, that is a match that I'm going to watch because, look, I'm going to watch the pay-per-view regardless of what's going on. But I am not interested in this feud or this build or this match whatsoever. So moving on, keeping it moving here. We got the women's division, man. And more in particular, the women's division on Monday Night Raw. I'm sitting there, man, and there could be so much good going on with the women's division on Raw. But they have mismanaged the heck out of it so badly to where nothing is really interesting. Nothing can interest me in the ladies because we had this four-way matchup and it was so uninspiring. Carmella, Natalia, Naomi, and Alexa Bliss. And it was a bad match. It was a slow match. It was bad based on the fact of whoever laid out the match. Like you had a 20 minute match and you had so many chin locks in that match and slow moving throughout the match to where the crowd just grew restless. I don't blame them for growing restless. I don't support the this is awful chance. You should never chant that at people who's putting their bodies on the line for our entertainment. I do not support that. But I do understand why it is that they got restless with the match. So looking at it, I was looking at the participants in the match and I'm like, nobody is interesting here because they haven't done a good job at building up either lady. Uh, 
either three of the ladies were in catering for mo for the most part or the other lady alexa bliss was caught up in a title feud on another brand that she had no chance of winning so nobody's was really built up in the match at the end of the day natalia gets the victory and i'm sitting here like and i'm thinking okay natalia i got nothing against natalia but that is not SummerSlam to me that does not feel like a SummerSlam worthy matchup and okay it's gonna be in toronto so the crowd is gonna be behind natalia whoop de doo man like okay it's, it's gonna be a hot crowd that's great and all but i want theater i want intrigue we're not gonna get all that interesting of a build uh, the back and forth they had in the ring was decent at best. I wouldn't go all bonkers over it like some people did. It was decent, but eh, I still feel the same way that I do. I'm not very interested in it. And overall, on Monday Night Raw, they have just done a bad job of building ladies up. I know that SmackDown really won out on the superstar shakeup but that is still no excuse you still have some talented ladies there nikki cross is a very talented lady but they have her playing some kind of supporting role behind alexa bliss naomi talented lady but they have her like i said she's in catering for most of monday night raw anytime she does get a appearance it's like oh wow naomi's here i'm glad to see her so I was pulling for her to win, but at the end of the day, I was, wouldn't be interested in that either because they haven't built her up well. So looking at Natalia Beckett, I wish them the best, but I'm not very interested in it. I haven't been really interested on a SmackDown side of things either, but they did something to win me over. They actually booked Bailey versus Ember Moon at SummerSlam that my friends is a SummerSlam worthy matchup that I cannot wait for that is gonna tear down the house and it is a match of the night candidate I enjoy what they have going on with Liv Morgan as well we'll see what happens there hopefully it ends with Charlotte putting Liv Morgan over although I won't hold my breath on that one I've been saying for quite some time now that Charlotte needs to be in a secondary feud Putting someone over that could use that big victory and Liv Morgan could very much use that victory. So looking at the women's division overall, I've been depressed for quite some time over it. I haven't been interested in it, but SmackDown did a couple of good things on uh, SmackDown on Tuesday night. So I'm interested there. The Raw women's division, not very interested at all, although I'll give it a chance. We'll see how it turns out. So speaking of possible feuds that i'm not interested in man randy orton versus kofi kingston all right randy orton picked up the victory on the most recent episode of smackdown got the win in a three and a six-man tag excuse me picked up the win over kofi kingston and normally when somebody pins the champion in a non-title matchup that normally means they're gonna get a title shot so looking at this possible matchup for SummerSlam, oh my goodness, I am not interested in this at all. There were so many in more interesting choices as well. Like, why would you go Kofi Samoa Joe at Extreme Rules when you could have just did that at SummerSlam? Like, if you wanted to do a throwaway match, you might as well have had Randy Orton and Kofi Kingston at Extreme Rules. That's just my opinion. But the absolute best matchup for SummerSlam is Kofi Kingston versus Ali Mustafa Ali why aren't we running that 
That's my question. Uh, the storyline of Ali getting his rightful title match uh, against Kofi Kingston after Kofi Kingston got his spot because of Ali getting hurt. That would be a phenomenal storyline and I have no idea why they aren't running with it. They've been building up Ali pretty well in these promos. I figured that, you know what, we'll see something out of him. It looks like he's going to go out to Shinsuke Nakamura, but... The play here is the championship matchup with Kofi Kingston, and I don't think you could have gone wrong either way, no matter who you select uh, to come out as the victor at SummerSlam. But as it stands, here we are, Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton, possibly, possibly, at SummerSlam, and... Like, this is too little too late, man. Like, we've had Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton before, and it ended with Randy Orton screwing over Kofi uh, like 10 years ago or so. But that's beside the point. This feud here has no juice, man. Like, I'm not interested in it, and I'm not here to say that my opinion alone is the only thing that matters. But I think I speak for a lot of people when I say that. Hey, Kofi Kingston versus Randy Orton. Like, we couldn't find any better matchups outside of that. Like, like I said, Ali was there. You could have ran some more Joe here. You could have even had a New Day triple threat at SummerSlam. And I would have bought that one for a dollar. You didn't even have to turn any of them here. They could have just gone after the heavyweight championship. But as it stands, Randy Orton versus Kofi Kingston, not interested in it whatsoever. So moving on. We have the Raw reunion coming up this Monday. And I got to say that when I heard it, when I seen it, uh, the commercial for it, first thing I did was shrug my shoulders. And first thing I think was, uh, the first thing I thought was, why do this for a ratings grab, man? Like, okay, you're going to wheel out or bring out all of these old guys. They're going to take up all this TV time. All for what, man? To, to try to get a ratings grab for one night? Like, there's nothing to be accomplished with this outside of bringing old names out and hearing a big pop from the crowd. Like, you do not gain anything of substance with this Raw reunion in my estimation. Like, here's my deal, man. And a report came out from Dave Meltzer that it was from, it was UA, USA's idea, excuse me, to come up with this. So I understand it in a, in a bit because you know what you got to do with the company says. I understand it, but I'm pretty sure they fought back on other ideas. So they could have fought back on this one. But here's the deal, man. Why not think to yourself, okay, we need to pull in these ratings. So let's put on more consistent TV. Let's put on better angles. Let's build up people better. That will draw ratings. Like, it won't draw the Attitude Era ratings because, uh, to be fair, nothing will. But consistent ratings of today, if you put guys in or guys and gals in better positions uh, to accomplish things, to get over more, that will bring ratings. People will start watching wrestling again. You will have your core audience consistently watching every week. We'll see what happens with Bischoff and Heyman. If that brings in consistent TV, if that brings about better booking, we'll see. But that's what you have to think about when you think about ratings grabs. I put, put on more consistent angles. Something like I went Bray Wyatt, like I talked about earlier. That brings in ratings. Continue to do things like that. 
and that will bring about ratings. You don't have to pull from the past every time uh, to bring in ratings. You don't have to think, oh, let's call Steve Austin. Oh, let's call in DX. Let's let's let's, let's pop the crowd. Let's get a rating. I hate that. Like I'm gonna enjoy watching those guys. Obviously, I love watching Steve Austin come out to that huge pop every week or every time he comes out, but. It doesn't have to be a point to where we need that to bring in consistent ratings. Looking at the Raw reunion, if there's any one thing that I want to see happen, of course DX is going to come out. Here's what I want. I want the club to come out. And I want a too sweet about to happen. And I want the club to just melee, destroy Degeneration X. The Hill Club taking out the old fogies. Of DX, I wanted to lay them all out and stand tall with a two sweet in the air. That's what I want to see for the Raw reunion. We'll see how it all turns out going forward. So those are your news stories from the week, uh, from the wrestling week. Let me know your thoughts on anything uh, from this podcast. Bray Wyatt, uh, Brock Lesnar, stuff, anything the Raw reunion. Let me know all of your thoughts, whether that's on Twitter. At sweet pod that's the number two sweet pod or at omg cory b or down in the youtube comments let me know all of your thoughts and i will respond